We're in the middle of a series called There Is More. Uh, we kind of kicked that off when we launched our, our church officially a few weeks back. And we kind of talked about pain and different things like that and how uh, God has got a vision. He's got more for you in your life. But how do we get there? Uh, how do we get there? Because it's all good talking about it. It's all good getting excited about the vision and about the dream and about whatever God's put in your heart or, or maybe something you're hoping God might do in your life. But, but it's a different ballgame living that out and actually reaching this perceived promised land, it, is it real? Because sometimes uh, it doesn't seem real until you get there. Uh, and the only way it can seem real before you get there is by faith. Is when you experience it by faith first. Can I get an amen? And so before we go into the message, uh, I just want to highlight a few things. You know, God is moving here. He is literally moving. And, and, and sometimes I'm blown away. I, I'm, I'm literally... Um, like, oh my word, it's like someone actually got saved. Someone actually made a decision to come close to God through the person of Jesus. Someone actually made a decision to, to leave their old life behind and come and become a number eight, a new creation in Christ. And so I was, I was hanging out with a guy during the week there. He's been, he came here about six weeks ago and he said, Phil, I've been watching what you've been doing for maybe eight years and uh, he just knew when R8 had started, he says, I'm going to come. And he actually went through a lot of pain in his life. Things, a relationship fell apart, and, and, and he says it was to the point where he wanted to give up on life, literally. He was struggling, he was hanging on. And, and when we started the church, he's like, I, I, he just had a sense, we would call that the Holy Spirit, was speaking to him and saying, I'm going to go. He came, and the first night he came, on the Monday, he was telling me, hey, I, I actually just connected with him because I was just, I didn't really know him that well, but it's, I connected with him because I just wanted to know, what's, you know, why are you here? <laughs> what, what made you come? Because he's an unlikely person I, I expected to see in church. And he's like, yeah, it was great. really enjoyed it. Oh, by the way, I got saved last night. <laughs> I was like, what about my altar call? Do you not respond to that? But it just showed, you know, not everyone responds to those things, but he responded in his heart, and that's all that mattered. And... Uh, and literally met with him last night, and he's just, God is on, on the move. He, he believes that there's more for him, even after experiencing what, what felt like an end. He's, he's, he realizes there's a fresh start. There's, there's hope. There's a new day. Eternity is in the mix now, and uh, we're excited. So can we put our hands together for God for that? And so I just want to let you know that the, the reason that was able to happen let's not over-spiritualize it, is because some people in here decided to sacrifice time, decided to sacrifice talent, and decided to sacrifice treasure. And because they sacrificed those three things, and people in this room sacrificed those three things in their life, people's lives are changed. Heaven comes to earth. Old becomes new. Dead becomes alive when we begin to sacrifice and give up of ourselves because that's the way God has actually designed us. And, you know, on this Remembrance Sunday, as we remember those who sacrificed, you see, what sac the sacrifice gave us life. And that's why when we point our, our eyes and fix our eyes on Jesus, what, the whole purpose and point of that is to give us life, to give us more not to give us less, but to give us more. But it's a different kind of more to maybe what you're expecting. And so, 
um, you know, well, how do we get more? Well, how do we get more in here? Is we want people to get into groups. There's more in groups. There's more life for you in groups, in relationship. God never intended you to live alone. He never intended you to do life alone. He intended you to be in relationship. So guess what week it is? It's groups week. Can we get that on the screen, Nathan, just to throw you for a loop? Because sometimes some of you are looking up here, but you're not seeing. Do you know what I mean? It's early for some of you. Oh, yeah. No, we can't. It's not happening. If it's too much hassle, I've made the point because now it's a whole drama. No, can I get a nod? It's not happening. So we got groups week. We don't have a group slide, but it's groups week. Get on Instagram, you're going to get it there. And so that's, that's the first thing we want. The first thing I wanted this young man to do was get in a group. Guess what? He's in a group. Life's beginning to change. He's in the group that meets in my house. I'm not going to say it's the best group, but you know. <laughs> but he, he meets in a group. God is beginning to, he's beginning to access things that he never knew he could. And, and you know, I want to tell you a story. Um, and this is connected to the message. And, and, and if I could just get... Someone, uh, Bernie, run down and get me. Nathan, can you give him the projector remote for me, please? It should be up there, or any kind of remote, but this is the, the specific remote that I need. Put our hands together for Stephen Bernie. Yes, lad. Cheers, mate. And so here we have a remote, and so, so, so we have groups, and, and then after service, we have growth track, and that's where you discover your purpose, and we had a bunch of people go through it next week. Last week, the first step, we're on the step two this week, upstairs, one of the sweetest rooms in this building, and there's going to be food, you're not going to miss out on your coffee, it's all going to be there, and people are going to do their spiritual gifts test, personality test today, they're going to find out a bit more about who they are. You see, they're getting access to who God's called them to be, they're beginning to discover that God's got more for them, but if you don't know, then how can you move in it? If you, you know, we've heard it said, if no one tells them, how will they know? Well, we're going to tell you. If you get on the, on the pathway that we've created so that you can find more in your life. And so Friday night, where are you going? What about the remote, Phil? Well, well Friday night, we actually had a volleyball uh, team in, a, f- a few volleyball teams, the Aztecs. Supposedly, there's a, there's a great coach that goes to this church um, that, that roped them in. And we made this into basically a movie theater. And the sofa's in here. And, and it was just an honor to host them. It was an honor. And so we wanted to make it excellent. We wanted to provide a great environment. I think we'd done pretty well. It sounded like it was literally like a cinema with a sound system. And, we, you know, we, we, I feel like we'd done a good job. But, but beforehand, I was looking to put the projector on. And uh, I was scrambling because I knew I'd been messing around in, in the youth room trying to get it looking sweet for tonight. And, and I kind of maybe left a wee bit late. I knew car was coming. I knew a new car would get mad. And, and I'd probably, you know, get me in a headlock or something. Um, if I didn't get it right, and so, and so many kidding, by the way. Suzanne knows all about it. <laughs> That's his wife, for anyone that doesn't know. And so I was like, oh, man, I better go turn everything on and, and get, you know, I was kind of busy rushing around, and I better get the projector on now, um, so it's ready for when he comes in, and we can test the video and all that kind of stuff, so we can honor these people that are coming in to our church, and we can serve them, we can love them well. Uh, and so the problem was that everything else was on, but I couldn't find the remote. And I had it earlier, and I was like, where's the remote? It's lost. 
this is a this is panic stations. I hit the panic button, and I started like, oh my god, did you see the remote? You took it, didn't you? And I started to get this sense of I wanted to blame everyone in my sight that it was probably you that took it. And you moved it where it was supposed to be. I started to get a wee bit anxious. I started because I need the remote. I felt lost for a second. I felt frustrated for a second. And you, some people in here, maybe that's where you're at in life. Maybe you're 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 just lost. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how to find what, this more. You don't know, is it God? Is it Jesus? Is it this religion? Is it, you're lost. You're looking. You're searching. Maybe that's some people in here this morning. Or, or maybe you have found it. You know it works. And you've maybe been walking on this faith journey for a, a while, but the honeymoon phase has ended. And you're a bit like, is there more than this? Have I, have I limited? Have, have I tapped out? Uh, is this it? I feel a bit empty. I feel, I feel there's doubts coming in. Is God real? It was good for the first few months or the, the first half a year or the first few weeks, but now it's like, I'm hungry, but I need something more than milk. I need something a wee bit deeper. I need something a wee bit more, more, more I, need, I need some more substance. Maybe that's you this morning and doubts are coming in. Like, that's normal. And you're scrambling around and you need the, the light to turn on. You need the switch to pick up the signal, but, but you're, you feel lost. You feel there's something not right. I'm in need. Or maybe you're in here and you've been going through the routine of church for years or even just a period of time and you've been doing it for so long to the point where you're just like, why do I even do this anymore? What's the point? What's the reason? I feel like numb. I've kind of, I'm done. I just don't, I'm not passionate. I don't have, the light's not on, the controller's set to the side, and you forget where it is. You forget how to turn that, that spark in your spirit on again. You need more. Or maybe you're in here and, and you feel like someone took the controller from you. Through, through a wound or a relational problem or, or, or even in church or at home or in work and, and, and you feel like there's a wound and you don't want to pick it up because you're afraid what might happen. You don't want to, to, to come back to, to your first love, to, to love who Jesus is because what Jesus was attached to in your experience was a person who maybe done something that you didn't expect him to do and, and it, it created it created a void that, that you haven't filled yet. It created hurt. And so, the, so you know you used to have the controller. You know you used to love it. You know you used to have passion. You know you used to want to give and sacrifice and your talent, your treasure, and your time. But, but now it's no longer something that you desire to do. And you actually forget, where did I leave the controller? I know I had it in my hand, but I don't know where it is. No, and you know what? Part of me doesn't want to, because it might mean vulnerability. It might mean I have to be honest with myself, that maybe I could have done something different. It might mean that I've got to say sorry. It might mean some things that I don't actually want to involve myself in. But on, until we're willing to access and, and find and seek, uh, we can never go to this next place of more until we get it back in our hand and we begin to walk forward and press through the pain and press through the awkwardness and press through the stuff that maybe is holding us back. Because if you don't, you're going to sit down there. You're going to live life with, 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 with the lights not going to be on 
there, there is no picture of a better future. And listen, I, I, I can tell you this. If there's nowhere to go forward, it's, you, you, don't go, you don't stay still. You move back. Bitterness grows. Hurt grows. It establishes a statue, a, a, a mold. And when you stay in that, what often happens is life gets worse. And sometimes it has to get so bad to the point where you're like, I have to find that controller again. I have to find Jesus in this scenario. I've got to seek him because I need help. Can I get an amen? All about a controller. Better not turn it off. Take it out of my pocket. And so maybe that's where you find yourself. And what, I, what I've realized in life is, this is one of the simplest statements I've ever heard, but it's so, so true. If you want more in your life, if you want to continue moving forward, if you want to continue to see God do great things in your life, if you, if you want to press through the hardship, if you, if you want to come out of hard situations better than you were before, what we're going to have to do is learn this simple principle. Show up. If you can learn to show up and keep showing up, I'm telling you, eventually you'll find it. Eventually you'll get back to where you were and you'll probably be better because you'll have more experience. You'll have more treasure in your heart to give others. You'll have more quality. You'll have more depth. God can use you more because of those hard times, because of those painful times that we talked about in the past, you'll get this back in your hand and it will turn on just the way it did at the start. But sometimes we just got to get it back in our hand. We got to keep pressing play. We got to pr keep pressing the on button. You got to keep showing up at the group, even though you're tired after work. You got to keep showing up at church. Come on, some of you have been coming to church once every six weeks. Let's bring it up to once every four. Some of you are at once every four weeks. Let's bring it up to once every two. Some of you are going, once every two? Let's take a wee bump up. Come on, a dirty two. Go weekly. Get crazy, go radical, and go weekly to church. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, in, in school, when, I'm a teach, when I teach, um, or try to teach, or supervise, or whatever you want to call it, often, what, if you look at the stats, there's a correlation between the kids that just show up, their attendance. Why do you think you, get a, you got attendance marks at school? Because if you show up, just listen, you might even only take in 10%, but if you just keep showing up, that 10% adds up and adds up. If we can keep showing up in, in your friendship circles, listen, your friendships may go deeper. If you keep showing up in your marriage, your marriage may go deeper. You might fall more in love. Instead of avoiding the issues and creating a void, maybe if, if with your family, maybe you just need to keep showing up even if they do your head in. And we know that they do. Maybe you just need to keep going home. Keep coming home. Keep coming home. Keep moving. Keep coming home. Keep it simple. Keep coming home. It's, it may hurt, but there'll be highs and there'll be lows. Keep coming home. Keep coming home. Keep showing up. Keep learning. Keep getting frustrated, but just keep going through it anyhow. Keep feeling the fear, but just keep walking through it anyhow. Keep, keep, keep just showing up. 
if you can keep showing up in life, life is not going to be like you see it in your head because whoever dreams a dream or has a vision that's hard. <laughs> the dream that you have in your head is never hard. That's called a nightmare. I've never dreamt a nightmare and got excited about it. I wanted to run from it. But you see, our visions and our dreams that we're looking towards are always good. They're always perfect. And sometimes a wee bit, bit of fantasy in the mix. Sometimes I, I, I realize through experience that, Flip, why, why? I felt like God told me this. And then when I get to it, I don't recognize it. Because what I seen was perfect. And, and in real life, it was a bit messier, but it still happened. And so we've got to keep it real. So let's just keep showing up. I should probably throw some scripture in here. I'm aware of that. So it says, Acts 20, verses 35. It says, And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, everybody say, hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And some of you are in here like, Raphael, where do we get the more from? Where, more, more. I need more. I need more in this situation. I need more provision. I need more strength. I need more resilience. I need more love. But where from? I need more. Turn to your neighbor and say, more. But you've got to emphasize it, more. Turn to the other neighbor, your second class neighbor, and say, we're from. Everyone's getting awkward. A fence all over the street. He said, sometimes it's good to organize a fence so that we can get an opportunity to forgive. You know, that's how you grow, right? So let's just all get offended and then get the opportunity to grow and forgive people. <laughs> what a church. Causing all kinds of fights. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, when we think about more, what is a kid? Look, I want more cookies. I want more food. I want more toys. Often that's our, our, our fleshly instincts as human beings is I want more for me. I want more. If I could just get more, I think I'll be happier. But what happens when we get more? We want more. And the cycle continues. And so therefore, there is no completeness. There's no satisfaction with you getting more. And so Jesus is saying his, here, it's, listen, that doesn't work. Trying to get more for you your way doesn't work. So I've got a solution for you. I, I know where to get true satisfaction. It's not found in what you can get for you in your ways and your plans. It's when you begin to give, you live a life for others. What is our vision? We're here to make a difference. Any of the, the amazing stories that I want to tell you about my life this far, none of them are attached to me getting more. Because that usually, if I get a new car, it lasts for about a week. Stays clean for about a week. That new smell is only new, only feels like new for about a week. But the stories I, I really want to share with you are the stories where I've actually humbled myself or, or I've actually decided to give something of myself and it's impacted someone. 
That's the only stories I want to tell. The only stories I really remember that actually would bring a, a tear to my eye. And so maybe, maybe God has called us. Maybe we're designed. Maybe true freedom is found. Maybe it's just a part of our natural makeup in which we've been created. Maybe we're designed to give more than we are to receive. Maybe, maybe, maybe we get refreshed more when we give than when we try to, to get. And so my second point is start giving more of yourself instead of looking for more for yourself. If, if you want more in your life, if you're searching for more strength, if you're searching for more clarity in your mind, if you're searching for more, maybe sensing where our direction in your life, maybe, maybe it's found not in what you can grab onto and what you can try and take from, from this pot. Maybe it's, it's maybe found that more that you're after isn't found in trying to get, it's maybe found in trying to give. Maybe God is a God when we seek Him, when we give of our, our, our time, the amount of people I see in here that get connected to a family in here when they decide to give and serve on a team, you know what happens? You know what comes with that? Friends. You know what comes with that? Belonging. Not perfection. Not that you come in here and do it all right and it's not about the system. No, you come in here, you give up your time, you give up your energy, you, you become a part of a team, you feel a, a, you, you belong in life, no matter what your family life's back home, you've got something to be a part of. That's, that's, that speaks to so much of the human need in the human heart. That's why you want more of that, a bigger car. That's why you want more in a house. That's why you want more. A lot of the time it's because you're trying to find satisfaction. But it's hidden in these wants and desires of more. But the true more that you want is found not in what you can get, but what you can give. It's the way the kingdom of God works. It's the way God has set humanity up. That's why there's so many charities in this country. There's so many charities. It's because people in this country have realized, I actually like it when I go to Africa and give myself. That's a God-given trait. Whether they believe it or whether they don't, whether they acknowledge it or whether they don't, whether they honor that that was God-given or not, it doesn't matter. It's God-given. And so this is what happens, the, 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 the word love, as much as we like to fantasize it, as much as we like to think about love in the movies and all that, love is a verb, love is a doing word, love is a decision, love is something that you do. You know what happens when you love? When you love, you give value. When you love, it's worth it. When you love, uh, it, it's not a feeling. Feelings come from that decision. Feelings come from that. When you get, you get involved in a church, when you get involved in a community, when you get involved in a family, when you get involved with friends, as you show up, as you gather, as you encourage one another, as you go through hard times together, you know what happens? Feelings come with that. Connection comes with that. And actually, the strongest feelings of love happen when you endure pain together. Not when you just surface chat and high-five each other and chest bump. And I love that, it, but it's not going to create a deep sense of loyalty to one another through a fist bump and a, if you get me. When the storm comes, that won't help. It's a deep sense of, it's a decision to stick, 
by someone. It's the decision to stand by someone. Some of us in here, we feel lost. We feel hurt. We feel weighed down by life. And the very thing that you think you want to do is that it, is that, is you need to do the opposite. Have you ever felt tired and you just want to sleep in bed all day? Have you ever felt better? Sometimes, absolutely, but honestly, it actually makes me worse. The very thing that I think my flesh needs is to just, have you, when I used to play football a lot, what would often happen when I would go and, and I would need to recover, you just want to stay still. You just don't want to move, you're wrecked, I'm, I'm painful everywhere, I just can't even think. The best recovery was active recovery. The best recovery was getting on the move again. The best recovery was getting rid of the lactic acid as I moved and done a gentle, just do something. In the same way, oh, oh, oh there's, there's stuff in your heart that's not right, or there's, there's, I'm so mad. Bless them. Forgive them. Hey, go buy, you know, I'm starting to learn to do this, and don't read into this if I, I bought you a present or anything, but... Um, <laughs> The very people that I feel that there's a bit of my fleshly, like I'm, I'm jealous or, or there's bitterness or there's something going on, I've, I'm starting to learn that I need to actually actively seek that person out and bless them and encourage them. Because it breaks the curse. It, 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 it fills me up with the things that I want filled up with. The presence of God, the Holy Spirit is in that. Whereas my natural stance is this stuff you, who do you think you are? idiot. Let's fight now. That's the natural, but, but if I want God to intervene, oh, you go love your enemy. Oh, all of a sudden, you've got a different energy. All of a sudden, you, you feel like you're walking in his ways. All of a sudden, oh, there, there's breakdown in brokenness. All of a sudden, God's starting to build you up. All of a sudden, you're walking in the will of the Father. All of a sudden, heaven is coming to earth. But if you're thinking with natural sight, you can't do it. If you're thinking with trying to control your world around you and control every scenario, you can't do it. It's only by faith. It's only by saying to God, I know you're going to work this out. I'm telling you, somehow, somewhere, God has set this thing up that's more blessed to give than receive. Heaven comes to earth when you give, not when you receive. Um, so number three, what we give, God always returns in a greater form. Oh, well, absolutely. I'm giving 10 pounds this week to church. I'm waiting for the 100. I'm not talking about that. But I'm not saying that God doesn't provide. I believe God, will, I'm not, this is not about money, but, but that's it. money's often tied to our heart. I'm not saying, what I'm saying is when you give God your best, your first fruits, your first 10%, God, God can do more with your 90% than you can do with your hundred. And that applies to your prayer life, that, that applies to how you encourage people, that applies to every aspect of your life. That's a principle. As you give God your best, as you give God the first hour or a few hours of your week in church, God will make the 90% the of the other, uh, the other time more productive. Why? Because it, it creates an honor, it's an atmosphere of honor, it creates order, it creates, right, I'm thinking straight, I'm actually living life on purpose. I'm not just drifting through. I'm not just getting through the, going through the emotions. I'm actually thinking about it, and all of a sudden, it activates us. It says Mark 12 and 30, and I'm going to finish with this. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is what I'm talking about, that principle, that first step. Is God in first place? Are we giving God his, are we putting him on the throne? Because listen, God doesn't do well at second. Actually, he becomes inactive at second. That's our way at second. We put God at the top, everything else underneath it flows. And so watch this. Love is the doing word, remember. So if we're going to love the Lord God with all of our strength, when we give God our strength, He returns it stronger. When we give God our strength, He returns it stronger. What does our strength look like? Well, God, I'm going to raise my hand in worship. It's going to take me some energy to do it. I'm going to go serve in the kids' ministry. It's going to take me some strength to do it. I'm going to go help the person in need. It's going to take my strength to do it. I'm going to forgive someone that, that doesn't deserve to be forgiven. But because I've been forgiven, I'm going to use my strength in my mind, my energy, to forgive them. I'm going to give of myself. You see, when we begin to give of our strength, God gives us back more in return so that we can become stronger, so that we can bless more people, so that we can help more people, so we can serve more. He who refreshes himself will be refreshed. You see, what I want, how do we get more? We've got to get into the Word. We've got to use our strength to open up the Bible every day. Use our strength to pray every day. We're in fellowship with God all the time. So as we give Him His, his place, we give Him our strength, what happens is we get stronger. We start to push the bench press. We start to do reps. We start to become we start to grow spiritual muscles. And we grow. As we attend, as we show up, we get stronger. We hear the word, we, we praise with our lips, we give our strength to God. As we serve, well, we get stronger. As we keep a balance in all of those things. It's so encouraging when, when, you know, I was at a conference there the other week and, and they were talking about paying things forward. And I just thought, you know what, it was in Dublin and we were coming past the toll uh, deal. Um, and I said, you know, let's just try it for the crack. <laughs> let's just pay the person behind and have a laugh. It'll be fun. And so we done it and there's actually a lot of hassle because there's a whole mess with the euros. And I was like, flip sick, I thought it was just going to be scans, you know, like wireless scan, scan, done. But it's funny how just something so simple, we just paid for the person behind us. It cost 170 or whatever, 80. It was, and, and it was easy. But I felt better. I felt stronger. It was enjoyable even. There was feelings attached to it as I gave. See, when we give our heart, he returns it healthier. You know, the Bible says we should guard our heart, but we also should surrender our heart. We should guard our heart from people, 
and the world around us because it's toxic at times. It can hurt us. It, it, it can cause us to be wounded unnecessarily. But also, it also tells us when we, that there's a safe place, that God is our strong tower, a, pla- a, a, a place of refuge. And so God has called us to surrender our heart to Him, to give our heart. And as we give our heart to God, our heart becomes healthier. Our heart becomes known. Our heart has a, a safe place to expose its issues, to, to expose its fears, to expose its hurts, to expose the wounds so that the Father in heaven can come down and begin to heal our hearts. And when we give our heart to the Father, He's got a message that He sent His Son Jesus to die for us so that our hearts could be whole, so that our hearts could be healed. And when we receive the message, no matter what the world has told us, no matter what someone has said over your life as a child, what trauma you faced, the healing process will begin as you release your heart to the Father. Your heart becomes whole. You give your heart, it becomes healthier. When we give Him our soul, He returns it fresher. Our, our will, our decision-making process, our emotions, sometimes what can happen, it gets clogged up, it, it gets foggy, we don't, we don't know whether to go to the right or to the left, we can't discern where's the Spirit of God telling us to go, and so it gets clogged up, and so when the soul, when you give God your soul, you love God with all of our soul, He freshens it. In the soul, we can often face confusion. Well, God brings a place of confusion when you give Him your soul and you give Him your emotions. You go, what is going on? I feel this, but I'm not sure what to do. When you give God your soul and you go through God's process, you ask wise counsel. You, you, you spend time in His presence. You read His Word. When you, when you do things God's way, your soul begins to come from a place of confusion into clarity. It, it, it becomes fatigued from a place of fatigue into a place of freshness, newness. The number eight represents new beginnings, a new creation. That's the representation of the exchange that goes from old to new. You give God your soul, He'll give you a fresh start. And finally, as the band come head on up, when we give Him our minds, He brings it back clear. He clears it. He clears our mind. He clears our mind from all the gunk. What do we believe? Is this right or is this wrong? He renews our mind. The exchange is that He renews our mind as we give God. God, what should I believe? Did Jesus come? Am I supposed to earn my salvation? Am I supposed to earn the ability to be loved in this world? Am I supposed to go chasing people and people-pleasing in order to be accepted? And, and, and God said, no. You're already accepted. I paid the price. You're already loved. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to chase it. You don't have to, to show people that you're worthy of it. You just need to receive it. And see, it's, it's amazing when, when we begin to clear our minds like that and receive that, that message, the sacrifice. It's, the fear of man begins to, 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 to step aside. And you start to realize how much the fear of man, fear of what people might think, how much it actually has a grip on you and how much it actually has been, it's been 
navigating a lot of your decisions is actually in control. The fear of man is actually causing you to make a lot of your decisions and, and why you're going this direction over here. And, and once you remove that, all of a sudden, your mind becomes open and clear. And it's not, I'm not going to do that if I don't really want to do it. Amen.